Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. And welcome to another exciting Cultum Collective podcast. It's Sunday, so that means it's time to review New Who, series for Narg, of course. Anyway, joining me by my side, as usual, faithful companion, down boy, down, no, down boy, it's Dave AC! Hi, since I'm going first, I could be the one that say, happy birthday, David Tennant, he's 39 today. Yay! <laughs> Wow, that fell on deaf ears, I guess. Everybody, <laughs> yay! 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 We're yay! not going to sing. We're not going to sing. David oh, who? Right. David who? I thought Matt Smith was the doctor. <laughs> you fickle lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to do a roll call. Let's see who's in the collective today. Joining us is Mr. Benjamin Elliott. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. And also joining us, Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hello, sir. Hello. On audio as well, Logan is here. Hello, Logan. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Gentlemen, where? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen and Ian. There you go. <laughs> he thinks he's talking to Mr. Uh, Robert White, Dr. Robert White. Uh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. am I in the wrong show again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think everybody is. <laughs> Where's the gong show? Gong! (laughs) (laughs) All right, also joining us is the second doctor, Mr. Graham Shervin. Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? As it happens, I am the doctor. The original, you might say. You are number six. I am the doctor. Yes, I am. Second one, that is... Hello, six. Hello, two. <laughs> two here. <laughs> also joining us, lover of pie and creator of Friday trivia, Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, Mike. Can I be of assistance? Hello, everyone. <laughs> now, we just need a Dalek saying, would you like some pie? <laughs> yeah, and uh, can I just remind him, you owe me 15 points from last night. 
Yeah, I'm not showing <laughs> up at all. <laughs> that usually fifteen quid. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. And a slice of pie. All right. Sorry about my mic, there, folks. <clears throat> all right. Continuing on down the list. Romana two coming live from Essex. Romana two. Hello, boys. Hello, Romana. Hello. Yay! And we have some news. Well, a review coming up from Ramana soon. But, yeah. continuing on down the list, Rowan's is here. Hello, dear. Hey, guys. How you doing? Well, we're here, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Good, bad, not, otherwise? Not something. Better than nothing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> also joining us, Mr. Tim Jury. Yes, I just realized that I've got three weeks before I'll see Doctor Who as it goes out on my own telly because I'm on my travels again for two weekends running. Hey. But, uh, <laughs> well, well, right. at, least, at least one of those is a Doctor Who convention. Ah, good. Somebody keeps passing it in and out, but uh, maybe when he comes back in, I'll introduce him. Mr. Robert Carey King 99 is lurking around here somewhere. He's phasing in and out of the time stream. All right. I think it's time to lower the cone. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? And under the cone is second Dave AC. God, I told you, he's just getting everywhere. Now there's going to be two of them on the show. That's me back up if this uh, PC... Get, it's been on virtually continuously all weekend. <laughs> all right. Also joining us is, of course, the grand high master of the cone, is Merlin McCarley. Joining him is Eternal Darlick. Hmm. I wonder what that name means. Steven, <laughs> Nethead, <laughs> Cybob, and a silent Tim Jury. <laughs> Sorry, no, kidding. No, ah. no, I'm here. Bad boy, Timmy. I'm never, I'm never silent. Timmy! when I'm asleep. Alrighty. So, without any further ado, it's news time. Our monkey's not here. Uh, oh well. Go, typing monkey, go. There we go. There we go. <gasps> All right. Well, some some uh, live news, really, from Mr. Benjamin Elliott. Apparently, something happened just 15 seconds ago. What was well, it, sir? It looks like it might have been reported a couple of days ago and not gotten out, but Prime TV in New Zealand has scheduled the premiere of the 11th hour. So on Sunday, the 2nd of May, at 7.30 p.m., uh, New Zealand fans' quest to see Doctor Who it gets completed as the show begins its weekly run on that station. They've aired all the episodes since the revival began in 2005. So you didn't quite keep up with the U.S., Canada, and Australia, but you're ahead of most Doctor Who broadcasters. Congratulations, Hooray. New Zealand. Yay! Hooray for the home team. <laughs> Yeah, disclaimer, Ian Bissett was born in New Zealand. 
Yes. And chucked out. I mean, left. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Left to spread the good word. Whatever the good word is. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> Benjamin, continue. <laughs> I'm sure you have something else. Okay. Well, um, obviously this is the big premiere weekend in U.S., Canada, and Australia. Uh, if you're in the U.S. and you are planning to catch one of the repeats of the 11th hour, bear in mind that the repeats from this point will be edited. They aired the full version last night. The full version is also available on BBC America On Demand and on iTunes. Space in Canada is still airing the uncut version, and if Australia reruns it again, it'll be uncut, but they have it on their iView uh, web service for Australia. Oh, well. And you may be aware, last weekend there was going to be controversy over Victory the Daleks, because it was going to air at a different time on BBC One versus BBC HD. Well, BBC One got $6.2 million and BBC HD got about 231,000, and Simon Cowell, Britain's Got Talents, got over 10 million in a different time slot. And I've gotten another mysterious press release from Crawley UK. Seems to have a sound effect attached to it. This is Mr. Dalek from the UK. As promised, it was a success. Doctor Who's ratings were diminished, and all you know was I can't be bothered anymore. It's Simon Cowell. I was faking Mr. Dalek. This is an ITV trick, and we succeeded. Doctor Who got lower ratings in the previous week. Our premiere was an undoubted success. Britain's Got Talent rules the airwaves. The Cowell Empire is stronger than ever. And now that I've won the bets, maybe Paula will come back for the final few episodes of American Idol. Assuming I can get back to North America. Cowell rules. Bwa ha 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 ha. Bwa ha ha. Bwa ha ha. Yeah, that seems to be the end of the message. <laughs> Alrighty, sir. <laughs> Alright. So, continuing on with news, we cross over. To Mr. Oh, Mr. Graham Sheridan. Hello. Now, this one is uh, very more cult than related, rather than Doctor Who related. Now, okay. in the States, the uh, on the iPhone, the iPod Touch, and the new iPad, the uh, the Marvel application uh, for comics has been available for some time. It is now available on mainland Europe, and I'm loving it. Uh, downloaded far too many comics already. Uh, my button character is looking rather rusty because of it. Uh, there's probably not the same amount or the amount uh, that you get in the States at the moment, but titles that are available is the uh, the reimagined uh, Iron Man, uh, the reimagined Hulk. Uh, you can also buy first editions. So if you... <laughs> If you're not old enough to have got an original copy of Spider-Man number one or the Fantastic Four number one, you can get them there and also um, read them uh, on this new application. So that's rather good. Um, on the other bit, before I have to disappear, my rating for the episode of Victory of the Daleks has come down. I started off with a four and a half and somewhere about somewhere about three and a half to four. I thought the confidential was light years ahead of it, unfortunately. But there you go. Mm. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, bye and, for now. Uh, yes. 
moving swiftly on to Mr. Darth Skeptical. Just a tiny bit of news. If anybody uh, has been unaware, um, the BBC America website is updated as much as the BBC.co.uk website. And really, it's better than the BBC English website, especially in terms of the amount of video that is on it. The the sheer number of videos is much greater than what's on the, I guess you would call it the main site, although I think personally the BBC America site is now for this season the main website in terms of the actual content. So if you've not had a chance to go over there, go over there and look. There's complete coverage of the, the recent um, uh, appearance of um, Stephen Moffat and, and Matt Smith and Karen Gillan in the U.S. Um, it is region locked, which is kind of fun actually for me to finally have something which is better than what's available in England and the English can't get to it. Um, there, there's a little bit of a workaround if you go to RadioFreeScarrow.com. They have some of the videos and some of them are the international versions, but you re- there's not really a central place where you can get all of the videos if you're not in the U.S. But for once, being in the U.S. is a good thing for being a Doctor Who fan. So go over to BBCAmerica.com. Yay! In other words, my pleas on Facebook and uh, Twitter yesterday went on to listen to. All right, well, since he spoke, Tim, you have some news of which to argue with Mr. Benjamin Elliott. Well, it's not very often I get to out Benjamin Elliott, Benjamin Elliott, but um, I was checking out um, apps for my... um, iPhone yesterday, I came across one called TVU Player, which is also available on the web, uh, called TVU Networks, and I was going through the channels on it at around 9 o'clock last night, and I came across a channel called Universal One, which was airing Doctor Who, Victory of the Daleks, and I will post a, a quick twit pick proof of that in the chat. And I had never heard of this channel, and I've been Googling like crazy, and I can't come up with any listings for it. But there's Matt Smith at about 9.30 last night. Uh, What was really odd was I listened to the last few minutes of the episode, and uh, it had what uh, I guess was the BBC HD voiceover saying, uh, uh, next, uh, talk to Confidential which they then didn't show, and they showed something else. So there may be a bit of piracy going on here. Yeah, sounds like a, like like Merlin says, more like a streaming net app. Yeah. Well, it certainly claims to be a legitimate channel. I did stumble across a website for it yesterday, which I promptly lost, but um, okay. on which they were going on about how much money they were spending on the channel. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Alright, and uh, last but certainly no means least, Ramana, you attended The Hub. I did. I went to a convention last weekend, which is why I wasn't on the show. Before I start rambling on, how's my audio in case you guys can't hear me? Very good. Brilliant. Just checking. So, yeah, I went all the way to Northampton last weekend to go to the Hub 4, which is, uh, of course, the main portrait convention in 
the UK. Um, the guests there this year were, of course, Eve Miles, Kyle mm. and Tom Price, um, Nyoka Mori, Push Jumbo, um, all people who were in Children of Earth, and I can't remember who they were, what their names, Susan Brown, um, I can't remember. But portrait people, and it was great. Um, and yes, yeah, so I went there and I made lots and lots and lots of new friends, which um, I'm now hanging out with now, which is amazing, and going to events and going to cons with them and um, while during my time here. But, so I'm just going to quickly go through everything. Um, so yeah, Friday. Friday was the opening ceremony. Um, we all got there, um, hung out basically. Um, there was only um, Kai and I at the opening ceremony. That was about it for the Friday. And then there was a party. Um, my first ever convention party. Um, which I was, went to and I'm going, I love English conventions. They have parties. I don't know if all of them do, but this one certainly did. And it was, I felt like I was in high school again. It was amazing. It was a costume party, of course. It was, the theme was policeman's ball, so everyone was dressed up as policemen and lots of handcuffs and shenanigans. I can't say what a lot of the stuff that went on at this convention because this is a family <laughs> show, but, um, but it's just needless to say, it, it, I love Portrait Sanded so much. They're hilarious and fun people. But yes, yeah, so moving on to um, Saturday. Of course, we had the signing um, in the morning. And I went and saw on Saturday, I saw Nayoko um, and Nayoko, Kai, and Tom. Yeah. So um, I got my stuff signed by Nayoko. And at this point, I had tons I think I've, I've got tonsillitis. So my voice was going better now but I spent the most of the weekend sounding like a Dalek which is kind of appropriate um, but yeah so I, I, I talked to Nyoka when my voice was going and she told me to have port and going okay but I had some port so I didn't trying to get you sadly. drunk yeah. but um, <laughs> she, was, she was trying to get me drunk didn't I, I guess. <laughs> but anyway um, so yeah so and I went gave I gave Kyo and a wombat I gave them gifts because I thought why not I gave Kyo and a wombat who he asked me to name and I couldn't think of a name for it so he, I just said um and he said oh um um we'll call him um um and he's going to give it to his baby boy who actually um his wife gave birth to his son Bobby Lloyd on the Monday after the convention which was kind of um glad that he hung on <laughs> so um Congratulations to Kai for little babe Bobby Lloyd. Um, but yeah, no, um, the panels, I can't remember much of the panels, and sadly I wasn't allowed to record them. But um, again, there was, um, was it Eve, Nyoko, and Kush did a panel, and Kai and Tom did a panel as well. And it was basically just, yeah, it's, I really can't say most of the stuff that was asked and said during these panels because, um, a, I can't remember them, and B, because most of them were had adult content. But um, but crashing on and moving forward because I don't have much time. Um, watching Doctor Who on Saturday night, of course, I watched it. We were all deciding we'll go to someone's room to watch it, but then we decided no. Um, we saw the bar had this big TV, so we thought let's go watch it in the bar. So we did, and um, in the corner of in the corner of the bar there was was Kyle and Eve Miles, Merrick Mori, and I can't remember who else sitting, you know, drinking, being merry, and they were they were very noisy, and um and well, here we are sitting watching an episode of Doctor Who, trying listening to the guests in the background, trying to will them to be quiet, and you never you'd never think of doing that, 
in um you know any other occasion but it was quite hysterical and quite amusing and um so last week's episode of Doctor Who I didn't watch properly until I got back but um it was it was great and they came over and asked us how it was afterwards and we went yeah it was great and um all that but um and of course Saturday night we had a party again um lots of partying hub <laughs> pretty much all that goes on um and crashing for through um Sunday stunning signings um oh I forgot to mention my little story I gave Tom and someone else gave him a sheep um because you know the whole thing about Welsh and sheep, which is kind of similar to the way Australians rip on New Zealanders in yeah, sheep. Scottish fry um, something. <laughs> so um so yeah so so someone gave him a sheep, and I noticed that he put my kangaroo on top of the sheep, and I just Ooh. had a little moment to myself, and I'm going hee 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 Australia on top of New Zealand. That's the way it always should be. <laughs> Hello, Ian. <laughs> Ignoring me. <laughs> yeah. Just remember, I'm in control of the mute button today, darling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was amusing. It was amusing every time, you know, Tom and Kai would get up on stage and start going, eh, <laughs> making sheep noises. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's pretty much it, really. There was just lots of shenanigans and lots of, um, lots of stuff I can't say. But it was a <laughs> very fun event, um, needless to say. And, it was to me like it was as, I had as much fun there as I had at Gallifrey basically it wasn't a cheap event um, at all um, I'm about 200 pounds in debt to my friends who paid for me to get there but I'm so glad I went because I met so many people who are now my friends here and um, and I got to meet some of my favourite tortured actors so it oh. was it was very good any I'll questions? Otherwise, I think that's about it. <laughs> Does that mean you want to you want to quickly say something about the episode? If you're going to disappear, I'm not going to disappear. I'm here for the. Rest oh, I thought you said you had to go and make something. No, no, no. no that's that's no. That's my hub report finished. I'm trying to keep it quick. So if anyone okay. wants to ask any questions about it, otherwise I'll end it here. Other than say it was great. I wish I could go to Hub Five, but alas, I can't. It's in October. No, no, no but questions. I, but yeah. I have a fi- I have a feeling Ian wants pictures. There are pictures. They're on my Facebook. <laughs> no, no, no the other soon, pictures. <laughs> and as soon as I get a, um, as soon as I get a scanner or access to a scanner, I can scan the photos I had done with Kyle and Narika Mori and Tom Price, which I love. Having <laughs> oh seen the Facebook ones, in, they're revealing enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are these were ones I paid for, and they're staged and everything, so they're not, you know. But but yeah, as I say, it's a tortured convention. It's shenanigans are bound to happen, and they did. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. Oh, I miss conventions. I'd start Ooh. going again. Mm, they're great. Mm. Uh, that's it, really. Thank, so, yeah. thank right. you. That all wraps right. it up for news. And so. Since uh, I am at the control panel today, I will pass over to Mr. Dave AC for the topic. Okay, uh, well, obviously, as we know, we're going to talk about uh, Victory of the Daleks. So, very briefly, from now on, uh, we're in spoiler zone territory. Uh, just very quickly, uh, once I play the, an intro, I'll give Ian himself a chance to chat, and then I'll try and pick the names from last week in reverse order. So, just to get them primed up, we'll be starting... Uh, uh, Rowan, Tim, Jory, Mike, the ones that went last last week. So 
just so you know you'll be on early this time. And uh, I'll play the clip and then I'll give Ian a chance to talk. So, Victory of the Dalek, episode three. Looks like a dozen Heinkel at least, sir, with Messerschmitt's flank. Out of range? Normally, sir, yes. Well then, time to roll out the secret weapon. music king so i'm beginning to like it a little bit more now but uh, really? anyway yeah uh, uh, i quite like the middle bit where they're doing the the chasing bit but it it just seems to take a long time to get into the main flow and recognizable anyway here we are so as i say we'll go with ian then myself and then it'd be rowan tim then randa thor so ian you want to get it off your chest i know uh yeah it's an awful episode probably one of the worst since the series came back um uh, it breaks down there with Fear Her and uh, that stupid one with the TVs in it and the wire. Um, God, I can never remember the name of it, but I just don't like Idiot's it. Idiot's Lantern? The Idiot's Lantern. Idiot's Lantern. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that annoyed me about this was um, we now have Stephen Moffat. We had uh, Mark Gatiss. We had Daleks. This should have been fantastic. And it wasn't. It was stupid. Uh, the the fads look awful. And if anyone wants to know what a fad is, it's a fed arse Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good things about this episode were Matt um, and Bill Patterson. Uh, apart from that, there was nothing good. This is set during you know uh, wartime. They're trying to. They've got this girl who's just lost her boyfriend. There was no emotional impact in that at all. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Neil Perryman who said uh, on on Twitter. Uh, he posted his review. Um, uh, there was a link on there, and um, he, he basically uh, covers everything that I thought was wrong with this, um, and also. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Anyway, somebody else on Twitter said basically there was no emotional engagement, and there wasn't. For the time and place that this was set, and what they were trying to portray, it didn't cover it. Um, and it was it was awful. Uh, and I still think the theme is awful. And uh, and I still think the new TARDIS exterior is awful. Uh, a backlit sign, um, a thing that just looks like it's gone through... Uh, uh, a brand new paint job do not like do not want 
hate it. Uh, new Daleks, why did you have to mess with anything? And th this is a, something that I, I posted earlier this week on, on Twitter, uh, that Stephen Moffat is actually doing all those things that everybody feared that uh, Russell would do with the show and change every single thing. And that seems like what he set out to do, is change everything. He's changed the theme, he's changed the, the opening title sequence, he's changed the TARDIS, inside and outside, uh, changed the sonic screwdriver, the Daleks, and who knows what else is coming. So, um, yeah, for In Moffat We Trust, I'm not sure if I can at the moment, because Eleventh Hour was great and promising stuff, but it's been downhill since then. Yeah, well, I'm to this bloke, um, as long as Doc Two's on TV, I'm mm -hmm. happy. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, this week I was not. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, and I watched it twice just to make sure that I'm not happy. And I wasn't happy the second time around either. Well, we got Darth Skeptical's brother from last week on. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is, is Darth probably loves this episode. <laughs> well, right. Well, uh, if you've finished anything, I'll go. I'll yes, put, I'm I'll put, I'll done. I put in the text. Uh, the next few people to speak if that's okay we're okay. trying to do it slightly organized because we we want to get out of here within an hour from now if we can but uh, right. i quite liked it now i wasn't blown away by it uh i think one of the the, the problems i've had was that episode one was such uh, you know it blew it out of the park it was such a good episode uh, that i was quite disappointed uh with uh, last week's episode on first watching it picked up after watching two or three uh times this week, I think I thought this week was slightly better than last week. I thought that they, I thought they'd done the historical part uh, reasonably and rather well. And I was a bit disappointed um, that two weeks running. I mean, I hope we don't have the Union Jack every blooming week. Um, it, it almost detracted from it in uh, uh, the fact that the, the Union Jacks were all over the place last week. I mean, they weren't celebrating. Uh, 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 Liz Ten's birthday, as far as I know. So why they had all that bunting up, it detracted from the real use of the Union Jack. Because in the UK, I mean, basically the only time the Union Jack comes out is when it's last night at the proms, and that's about the only time we wave it. You know, we don't have them standing in school classrooms and this, that and the other. So uh, for me as a Brit, it, I'm almost a bit embarrassed when I see the Union Jack. Not because I'm embarrassed of the Union Jack, but the actual sort of flag-waving aspect of it. Mind you, I thought there was one cheeky moment when they were raising the flag back up and they stole that famous picture from the the Americans where you have about six soldiers, uh, you know, with the the flag uh, mast at a certain angle as they're putting it up. I thought that was rather cheeky. Um, when I first watched it, I was a bit indignant about these um, the space battle. I mean, I really still am annoyed that there was noise. Uh, I'd, unfortunately, just about three days before, I'd... Uh, sent a jibe to Logan about Stargate Universe and it just actually Dr. Rob was it Dr. Rob but I don't want to put, uh, in any case if anybody hasn't seen Stargate Universe but the pace, there was a space battle and they had all the noises going on in, in the vacuum of space so I was a bit upset when they did this and then I was thinking I, I'd, when I first watched it I thought this um, bubble of gravity uh, I thought, well, that gets the planes up there, but they'd still freeze to death and this, that. And anyway, what the propellers, there's no, there's no air for the propellers to chop through to actually fly about. But uh, catching it uh, a second time or so, um, the, the two inventions, I think, are combined uh, for that to happen. I think that, that's the, uh, 
the reasoning behind it, and I've forgotten what the the name of the other invention was. Can't find it. Um, but it was somewhere propulsion. So when I wore, when I saw that the second and third time, it wasn't so bad. But I will agree with Ian. I don't really like the new design of the um, Daleks. But I think there's two practical reasons for it. One, uh, because uh, they had to have people sort of uh, under five foot to operate the. Oh, sorry. Uh, if you don't want to know that people operate the Daleks, I'm sorry, but um, I think they've had to enlarge them simply for their comfort. The, the, it seems to me as though they've been designed on electric chairs or wheelchairs or something. Uh, they've got a very upright back to them. They look as though they've got air vents in the back. They're now six foot tall. The only good advantage of that I can see is it does mean that the eye stalk is on the same level. So when Matt Smith is eyeballed to stalk, as it were, uh, that that works better, um, but the, there didn't seem to be any explanation of why there are all these different colours, uh, and I didn't like this sort of black plastic. Although I'm sure it's some sort of Teflony uh, sort of super material, but basically, oh my Firefox has just crashed. So I hope you can still hear me. Um, yes, we can, sir. Oh, good. Um, Basically, I think that's so they can make the toys cheaper and not sell a kid one Dalek. They can sell them seven, one for each colour, six. So I was a bit disappointed with that, but the story fairly rattled along. I've seen it about three times now, and of course I've been editing some audio. So basically, um, I would say it was a solid episode. So where the first one, I would say, was a good four and a half, and last week it was more like a three and a half, I'd put this in between and say it was a four. But I don't want to say too much more than that. Um, let me just play a couple of little, these are very short, uh, little clippy things, and then we'll go to uh, rounding with me. I have something to show you. Can I be of assistance? Your identity is unknown. This is one of my Ironsides. Okay, I'll leave it at that. And Rowan, do you want to come in now? Oh, sure, I'll come in. Uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I wanted to say, am I going to be on the uh, on the uh, lone side again on this one? Because it just seems like, you know, I don't, I don't really analyze or dissect the episodes as deeply as I guess most people do. I just simply sit back and enjoy them. And uh, for the most part, I've really enjoyed this episode. Um, I like the, I go into the more of the deeper um, sides of the, uh, episode kind of like the interaction between the characters and I really enjoyed how the doctor Amy and Churchill interacted especially with the cigars <laughs> it's like it just he's like when they're in that lift and you know they're and the doctor's like trying to be polite and not bringing it up like hey Churchill stop smoking <laughs> in my face <laughs> it's like you expect not to be very up uh, very, very diplomatic in that one. And, uh... Because I won't say if it had been me up, I would have said something, but... <laughs> but, uh... Then again, you know, and gotten in trouble. But, uh, I did like... I mean, am I the only one who actually liked the Technicolor Daleks? Because <laughs> I, well, I really... Huh. I, I liked them. Uh, I, I thought they were kind of cool-looking, and, uh... A little different. And, and also, you have to realize that Daleks have evolved over time since 1963. And then, um, it's just like the Doctor has and the TARDIS has and everything else has, the Daleks have also evolved. 
So why not New Dallas? You know, it's like. Um, uh, well, you know, well, it did work round in, in, in as much as um, you know the way that the the Doctor fools the earlier Daleks with the um, the the uh, destruct button. They're not uh-huh. caught by that. Yeah, I love the destruct button. No, that was my favorite. <laughs> yes. Well, eat the destruct button bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you promised me tea. It's probably tea. I, I like how he knocks the tray out of the Daleks. Like, I'm going to prove it to you. <laughs> and he knocks the tray out of the Daleks' um, uh, suction cup, which is actually pointed upward. <laughs> right. Which I know is kind of cute. But I did like the uh, the um, the camouflage Daleks, and I thought they were pretty cool. And uh, right. the fact that the uh, the professor who would put them together was actually an android, and that was pretty uh, amazing little uh, tidbit. Oh, well, now, if you'd listened to our commentary that Ian and myself did of the last episode, and we actually went and talked... Uh, through the actual uh, trailer for this week, we said when he gives the uppercut to that chap, it was a metallic sound. So Ian and myself at least guessed right on that one little bit. Yeah, that oh. was an interesting one. Yeah, the uppercut, because they're like, ah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> the uppercut? Mm. Well, the, 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 the sound the, effect. Clang as he did it. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, I mean, so how, how, how would you rate the episode in terms of... Uh, I mean, one of the things I did like, and I, I forgot to mention, is that I like the, the the scene they use for the interior of the saucer. I thought that looked quite convincing as a sort of a, a spaceship. The the progenitor advice was a little bit small and dinky, uh, but uh, no doubt that's going to uh, be a little jewellery box for kids at some point. <laughs> I get a bit cynical about the toy element of some of these things but like we've said many times before we're not the main targets of this show and uh, kids will want to see that I mean I would uh, I would imagine kids absolutely love this episode I would think you know it was the go on you know the kids would be jumping up and down in the seats cheering at that point mm. so now anything else do you want to give a rating or any, any more oh, points yeah, just got... I'd like to give the show a um, four out of five uh, um, Dalek Shrieks <laughs> right. <laughs> We've still got to come up with one. Yeah, you're right. We've got to come up with a a a, a choice, but still. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't give my rating. It was a two. Oh. And I'm being generous. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Well, it's worth mm. two for Dot Two being on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. And Matt being awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Ron. We'll we'll move on if we may, and. Uh, um, let's go to Tim. Oops, sorry. I haven't unmuted oh, him. He was, he was typing the earlier, so... There he is. Tim! Uh, ooh. Well, a lot to like, and then certain niggles. Um, some nice little moments, like the the doctor pretending a jammy dodger was his emergency reset button to blow up the TARDIS. Unlike you, Dave, I don't think I like the Dalek ship interior. Looks no. a bit too much like the basement of an office building to me, because it probably was. Also, didn't tie in at here, all here. with any other Dalek ships we've seen since the show came back. Well, t- two um, things. Just two things, Tim. Oh, I've 
damaged Dodger, but I was promised tea. I, I thought that, that, you know, the design of a saucer, you'd have low and long flat decks. And of course, like some Matthew said, the Daleks, you know, if they're, if they're six foot, they don't need a, you know, they don't need a head, an eight foot headroom sort of thing. So a low, yes, but a we've low seen the deck lower decks look, already. Yeah, yeah. When we had the crystal, it didn't, didn't look all gleamy like that. Right, um, okay. New Daleks don't like at all, really. Um... They've got big bums for some reason. The colours are way too bright. Someone on Twitter last night said, oh, oh, they're, they're like Cushing Daleks. No, no, no. Cushing Daleks were sensibly coloured. They kind of worked. These were just, oh, over the top. And as I was saying when I was discussing it with someone on Second Life, these are meant to be purer Daleks, but they look less like Daleks than even RTD Daleks look like Daleks. The genetics are pure. The casings mm. are immaterial. They're plastic. Well, well, they talk less like Daleks. <laughs> but, uh, I liked it, though. On the whole, yeah. I liked it. I, 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 I liked it more on the I same view. I had my niggles. Ian McNeese was very good, but he wasn't quite Churchill enough for me, I guess. But that's a minor niggle. But the the location filming and the recreating the the um, Churchill's war rooms was very well done. Uh, oh yeah, quite confident. I visited the actual ones, and and that was very well done. It it managed to surprise me because I, I I didn't know that um, uh, Paisley Boy was an android. Yeah. Um. It just just had some nice, great little moments in it, and I personally found it gripping. I was excited by it. I was on the edge of my seat, really? and I'm running out of things to say, so I'll let someone else have a go. Do, do you give a rating? Uh, what are we out, out of five? Um, I'll, I'll give it a four. Oh yeah, that's, that seems fair enough. Okay, we'll we'll go to uh, thanks for that, Tim. We'll go to Mike and then Logan, Darth, and Robert. So, Mike. Yeah. Well, I'm on the same page as Ian, mainly with this episode. I did not like it at all. I did not right. like. Uh, it felt there were there's a lot of this episode that felt like parody of Dalek stories of Doctor Who of just the war the World War Two itself. Of course, I know it, it's Doctor Who. It's not an actual war drama, so I shouldn't expect that. But the actual impact of the war, of, of World War II, just wasn't really, wasn't really there in that episode. It was mentioned in the background. Of course, there was the, the bombings being heard outside, but as for the war being an actual thing, it didn't really feel like it was there. And then the, uh, the new Daleks, I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's a new design. I, I'm not sure, still not sure how I feel about that. Um, the one thing I did like is going back to the 11th hour, we had uh, what Darth Skeptical mentioned about uh, uh, Matt Smith stepping through the hologram of David Tennant's face and basically uh, stomping on the, da the Davies era that way. We had yet another instance of that this episode with the what I'm calling the Moffat era Daleks blasting and disintegrating the Davies era Daleks. <laughs> so yeah. we had a repeat of that there. Just another instance of the Moffat era stomping on the Davies era. 
So, well, um, he, he wants to get the commissions nowadays, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just something else that really irritated me about the episode was, I watched after the end credits, and after the end credits was an advertisement for the episode one of the Doctor Who video game, Doctor Who the Adventure Game, and the story continues there. And because of that, I can't help but feel that this might have been an advertisement for for that game. A 40-minute advertisement for a free download video game. Sure, it's free, but still, it feels like the backstory, it feels like it was setting it up like it wasn't an advertisement for the game. And because of that, I'm angry with Victory of the Daleks. Well, I thought so, it was an advertisement for the toys, certainly. Uh, and for the toys, too, just mar- marketing throughout the episode. Mm. But, yeah, those two reasons I can't forgive the episode. Yeah, nobody's taught yet, by the way, has mentioned um, the, the curious things about, um, you know, Amy not recognising the Daleks and things, but, I mean, perhaps yeah, we'll talk about that more again. Yeah, yeah, that ties into the story arc. Okay. All right, Hold on, well, I'm uh, sorry. Can I ask a question there, Mike, though? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Is it, isn't the entirety of Doctor Who a merchandising exercise yeah, for toys? So why it particularly is. be mad at this episode? <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems a well, little bit The video obvious. game is what really got me. Is the whole thing was that this was setting up the story for that particular game. That's what got me this time. I've had it before with, uh, say, what was it Partners in Crime and the, the Adipose. Boom, there you go. Uh, the, the, the plush toys for those. But yeah, it's setting it up. It just seemed like this was setting up the story for the downloadable game later on. Because, oh, the Daleks escape through time at the very end. The Daleks, those five Daleks escape. And if you watch that promo, that that's the villain in that game. That's where they escaped to. They escaped to a video game. Now go collect them all. Yes. <laughs> I gotta catch them all. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, Mike, that you find that offensive because you are such a big fan of video games. I yes, I you'd am. Love... I am, I am I mean, but I just... I just don't like that kind of ad wow. advertising be, being so pervasive in the episode to the extent that it was the whole episode. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, what, did you say your rating? I give it um, one progenitor out of five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we'll go to Logan next, if we will, and then we'll be back to Darth after. So, Logan. Hello there. And I'm not going to take too much of your time, but... Uh, I'm coming at it, like always, from a different viewpoint, where the only Daleks I've ever seen has been the new series since it's come out in 2005, and I miss my old Daleks. I don't <laughs> like the I don't like the new design of them. I know it's supposed to look more like the Peter Cushing Daleks, which I've never seen that movie, so I I don't know how they look, but I uh, I didn't like the voice of the new Daleks. I didn't like the origins. It it just left me flat. And I give it about a three out of five for this particular episode. And also, yeah, Dave, I agree with bit... you. Go I, I was going to say, I agree with you with the, the issues with the space battle, too. Yeah. Uh, it just seemed to be pushing it way out of lines. Yes, it is a fantasy science fiction show, but those men would have been dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was quite... Um, if, I mean, I thought the... the I would think actually it was almost a story of two halves. The first half I thought was pretty good. And then uh, I suppose the younger audience, and we have got a couple of, well, certainly one younger person in the room. We've got one mentally younger person in the room and one younger person in the room. Sorry, Ian. And 
Um, so we'll no doubt get to think on that. Thanks, Logan, as well, always. Uh, let, let me say one thing here, actually. And uh, Mike actually said it best last night. I, I wasn't too scared. I wasn't worried about these new Daleks. And it seems that when they had the one Dalek back in with the Ninth Doctor, you were scared of that Dalek. Yeah. And since there's now more of an army of Daleks, I'm not scared. And I don't think people should be really. I mean, just it seems to be an overkill. And there was no, no real threat to me in this particular episode. When you had the one out there that was a menace, yeah, that was scary. This, right. no. Okay. Uh, just uh, very briefly, because I know you've got a guest coming on your show tonight. Do you want to just give a very brief shout out of who your guest is and what your show is tonight? Yes, at 9 o'clock Central Time, Talk Show ID 49899, we are interviewing Christopher Superman Dennis. He was the star of a 2007 documentary that you can find on Hulu or Netflix called Confessions of a Superhero. What it is is they interviewed four actors who are waiting to be discovered, and he has become quite famous on the Jimmy Kimmel show. He's been on The Tonight Show quite a bit beside this documentary where he dresses up as Superman in front of uh, the Groman's Man's Chinese Theater poses for pictures with tourists and for for tips and everything. He looks just like Christopher Reeve, and he will be on my show this week, and he's trying to get the lady who dresses up as Wonder Woman on our show in a couple of weeks. So that's 9 o'clock Central Time. Yep, everyone, come on in. I mean, we're going to have some fun with this one. (laughs) Okay. All right, thanks for... Okay. Uh, let's go to Dart then. Well, actually, if you'd be oh. watching the chat, we're going to go oh, to uh, Ramana next. And before oh, she, she oh, before she, uh, no, just Darth would rather go after. Uh, uh, Ramana, come on in. Hello. Um, no, you wanted yeah. to actually talk about last week's first. Oh, so. I want to just talk about it briefly because um, I wasn't on the show last week because I was, um, yeah, elsewhere. Um, for me, I really enjoyed last week's. I mean, my first viewing of it was a bit, um, I think, probably tainted, like maybe, well, maybe not, maybe not tainted, but just made me enjoy it a hell of a lot more just because the environment that I watched it in was so so enjoyable. Um, and I honestly really loved last week's um, episode. I loved the the, um, the moment with um, Eleven and Amy um, at the end. Um, I thought that was very... Lovely and and just I, oh, it's it's a hot one I have trouble talking about because I I watched it two times not properly and then I watched it once, um so I've watched that one three times now which is about the most I've ever watched any of the new series so far, and um I'm I still enjoy watching it so I'd say I'd give that one keeping it brief about probably about a four, um, um yeah I I thought it was a good one. Although the, the whole space whale thing, um, being at a torture convention, we were in, we were comparing it to the the, the whale in meat in torture, and was going it's its long lost cousin, yeah. that kind of stuff. So um, so it was kind of like in the context of where we were, it was just like we were kind of making jokes left and right, and um, so yeah, I was highly enjoyable watching it. But then again, um, watching it on my own the second time, I'm not sure if I enjoyed it as much, but um. I certainly got a lot more out of it, like was able to listen to the lines and what people were saying and got it more, whereas the first time was just kind of a bit like, 
oh, we're in a bar at, bar at a convention watching it with all these awesome people and our teddy bears, and it was kind of a bit weird. And anyway, um, so yeah, this this episode, um, I watched it um, at home. I had my friends over, and we watched it together. Um, it's possibly the only time I get to see my friends now because they've all moved out of my house now. So, um, but yeah, no, I we all enjoyed it. I mean, um, there are plot holes. But what episode of Doctor Who doesn't happen? Um, for me, I don't really pay attention to them. So I thought, you know, as soon as I saw, you know, Spitfires in Space, I'm going, I will forgive the wibbly science for Spitfires in Space. Space, because I think that is a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic um, imagery, imagery. I just thought that was absolutely amazing to see on screen. And I don't care how it worked or how it managed to work. I just right. go, who cares? It's Spitfires in Space. <laughs> so we enjoyed that, um, and I also loved the thing Daleks offering tea. Um, that just caused us to burst out into hysterics, basically. Um, and the the doctor, would, um, you know, pretending that a jammy dodger is a self destruct button. Um, but overall, I did enjoy it. Um, probably, I know me and my friend Sarah are possibly building up to be probably so amazing because it's World War Two, World War Two, and Daleks because we both um, our both our favourite stories of New Who have been the empty tiles of Doctor Dancer so we're hoping of like that something similar to that but with Daleks and um, I will see her next weekend and see what she thought but I probably didn't like it as much as the empty child but that's really hard to kind of compare it with but um, I honestly really I enjoyed it I mean I've only seen it once so who knows what my secondary watch will be and what I'll think of it after that. But um, what was I going to say? I wanted to say um, Daleks, Daleks, new Daleks, um, Skittles Daleks, Power Ranger Daleks, Exterminate the Rainbow. Um, <laughs> my friend Ebony was calling them queer Daleks. They're out and proud. <laughs> we were YMCA the, Daleks. We were expecting a pink one to glide out. My, I remember my friend Ebony was going, where's the pink one? Oh no! I actually, oh. I actually saw somebody had done a YouTube clip last night, even Power Rangers that, that they had them coming out to the Power Rangers music. It was, the, it was, it was oh, back on Alex, but then I thought, hang on a minute, it's the Radio Times cover, come to life. Powerpuff Daleks, good yeah. They were out of uh, town looking for a good time. The, 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 yeah, like. The, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, as I put earlier, when I when I had seen the Radio Times cover, I said, "Okay, I know one of the Dalek voices used to be Zippy from Rainbow, but this is ridiculous. Now we've got actual yeah. Rainbow Daleks." Rainbow Daleks. Cause I saw I saw the Radio Times, and I thought, "Okay, um, I didn't connect that for. Oh, I didn't connect when I saw the Radio Times going. Oh, this is the, what the new Daleks look like." I thought, "Okay, they're Daleks." But then when I saw them come out, it was honestly a, a moment of like. <gasps> Oh my goodness, new Daleks, and um, I was oh I I I think they're alright. They look very chunky and and um big, and they're very colourful. But at the same time, why not? 
Well, I actually found, for once, the Radio Times didn't spoil it for me because I bought uh, one of those because I was sending it off to someone. Uh, and to me, it looked photoshopped, that colour. It looked as though there was yeah. one Dalit and one had been photoshopped yellow. One, and, I, yeah. and it was to do with here in the UK people were, uh, were getting ready for the next election. And the three parties have those three colours of blue, red and yellow. And those like, were the clever. magazines. So yeah. I thought, yeah. So I yeah. thought they'd been specially coloured. Yeah, that's what I thought. The politics. So, so when, I, well, still when they came out, it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, 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 I love the, the old, the, the retro look of these new Daleks. I mean, I'm um, sure they're very colourful. Um, David Cameron can, Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, you can have fun. You know, calling them whatever you want to call them, like the Skittles Daleks, the Queer Daleks, the 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 Power Rangers, the whatever. The fads. The fads, yes. The fa- I love your, I love the fads. The fat ass Daleks, yes. <laughs> um, fads. Um, the, or the, or the fat ass queer Daleks out and proud. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no. Um, wrapping it up. Um, again, there's potholes, there's niggles, there's, you know. But it's Doctor Who. I really don't care. I, I gloss over all that for me enjoying, enjoy the episode really. Um, so rating, did you say? A rating probably about a four, maybe a three point five. I'm not sure. I've only seen it once at the moment. Um and the confidential I didn't watch properly. But um overall it really I enjoyed it enough to really you know, I honestly don't pick Doctor Who's pieces really. If I enjoy it, you know, I enjoy it. There's never been an episode I haven't liked. You know, even some that other people have hated. Like I really don't mind fear her, even though people like to you know, say, oh, it's the worst thing ever. And it's like, no, it's okay. You know, there's good bits in it. Look, David Tennant's got his shirt undone. It's, it's, you can see his chest hair. It's, it's fantastic. But yeah, this, and he eats peanut butter with his finger. I kind of view, I kind of view Doctor Who and very, with very different glasses because I'm a fangirl. So I'm usually happy with anything, really. And I'm loving Matt Smith and Karen Gillan, and I think they're both amazing. And um, Matt's amazing, and Karen's getting greater and she's she's i've got such a thing for her right now and um they're both amazing and it's looking good although one little niggle about moffat seems to be doing his bad wolf thing with the crack kind of thing every single episode i'm thinking he's laying it a bit thick because i remember when the because I remember when um, Series 2 was on when, but with the whole tortured references, like there was a tortured reference in every episode and everyone was getting really peeved off of that. Um, Amazing, is anyone getting peeved off of the crack references? Or is it just that no one's really noticing or everyone's forgiving it because it's Moffat, you know, he's not doing the same things as Russell, of course not. Next, next they're going to call it Plumber Who. <laughs> I know. It's like, you get a man in. Oh, <laughs> not Mario Brothers Who, I hope. <sighs> Spackle Who. <laughs> Right, I think we've better so, yeah. move along, kid. Yeah, moving on. So that's me, son. Yeah, four, 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 you, four gave, now. you gave your rating, okay? And the science a bit, by the way, just before just before we go to Darth, the science a bit was this: some musings on the potential of hypersonic flight, gravity bubbles that can sustain life outside of the terrestrial atmosphere, came to me in the bar. Yeah, I thought that was a bit funny. And uh, Liam, sorry, this is a bit rude, but uh, I was thinking the <laughs> idea came. To, the idea came to him in the bath because he might have let some wind out and some bubbles came up through the water. That's what <laughs> I was going to do. This thing <laughs> right now reminds me of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the guy sitting in the bath. You know? <laughs> and yeah. sitting alone with the rubber duck. <laughs> <laughs> it came to me in the bath. 
anyway. Mm. Right, let's go to Darth, and then it will be Robert and, sorry, Benjamin, uh, after Robert. Darth? That's fine. Well, after last week's uh, rather excrementary journey through uh, the bowels of non-conflictual drama, we at least this time around have an actual plot, an actual enemy, and some real conflict. And for that alone, this episode is clearly better than last week's. Um, I thought that the Matt Smith in this was extraordinary, just extraordinary. I mean, to me, this is his best performance so far. And especially his use of anger in this episode is really quite extraordinary and dangerous. That little bit at the very beginning where um, Amy starts to say, well, maybe we should listen to this scientist because he's from Scotland, and he just turns to her and silences her. I love that minute. Yeah, but you said last week he was turning into the seventh doctor. That's because last week that's because last week right. it wasn't as good a performance and it wasn't motivated. This at least right. made sense. He was in this in this instance, he's pressured by Oh my god, I'm facing the Daleks. I thought I had gotten rid of them and he's just panicked. He's worried. It's genuine fear. It's the same thing that we got from Christopher Eccleston in Dalek, where it's real terror. And those moments are great for me to have the doctor actually scared about something for a reason that is palpable. That was great. And mixing that as he did with some sort of false humor on top of it, the whole bit with the Jamie Dodger stuff was just great. Just magical. Um, as far as, you know, a doctor's first encounter with the Daleks, I thought this was extraordinary. Just really one of the, the, the best first encounters that we've gotten from a doctor with the Daleks. Um, now, which Daleks are you talking about? The Daleks that he encounters first are the the reimagined <laughs> ones. Okay. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I was enjoying it. I enjoyed most of it. I mean, uh, I thought it was a better episode than last week, certainly. Mm-hmm. And um, I, and I've watched it, as I say, now uh, three times, and uh, I'm enjoying it more each time. Especially that very, very quick explanation of the um, the science almost passed me by on the first go. Um, but anyway, what do you think about the new Daleks? Or do you want to talk about other parts of the story? Well, I mean, to say that I enjoyed it doesn't mean that I, I didn't find anything wrong with it, because I think right. I, I did. And it's weird, because what I found was not, um, I, I think, what most people would find. Um, I, the music. Ugh. Um, it's not the, the music balance, and it's not um, the traditional sort of things, I think, that most people find with Murray Gold. Rather, what I didn't like in this was there there were huge sections where I just didn't enjoy the actual content of the music, the actual composition. I hate it when Murray Gold tries to emulate a particular style of music, as he was clearly doing in the dogfight scene, where he's trying to do, you know, traditional war music, you know, patriotic war music kind of stuff. And it just didn't work, and it took those great visuals and destroyed them for me. It made them really treacly. It made it seem like a boy's own adventure when really it should have been quite dangerous and it was filmed quite in a dangerous way, really. Um, And if he'd just gone against type, if he'd used less instruments, if he'd not tried to make it into fanfare situation, I think it would have been so much more effective than what it actually was in totality on screen. And then I think that 
I love the Daleks. I love the new Daleks. I'm just going to say that right up front. They are fabulous. Yeah. Um, and they they totally remind me of, uh, you know, the TV Century 21 comics. Um, I think it's great that we actually have some sort of visible hierarchy. I think the, the color scheme helps that. Um, I, th- I love the fact that they're chunky because that reminds me of those old, is it pre-Daypol? Uh, I forget. One of the first manufacturers of Dalek products back in the 60s, early 70s, did exactly the same thing. He made this sort of chunky thing, and people got him, and they were like, what the hell is this? And I love the fact that it is, it, from a design point standpoint, it is kind of a reference to that. And people are reacting exactly like they did to those old uh, original Dalek tie-in merchandise. Um, but I, I, I love that they're taller. I love that they oh, yeah, have right. a... Have a color coded design to them. Um, I like the the particular difference in the modulation of the voice of the Emperor Dalek. Um, if I have a little problem with it, it's really the, the cinematography of that scene. Um, I like the space of that Dalek ship, but it is lit wrong. It's just lit way wrong. I mean, it, it's a great set because it harkens back to the sets that we used to get under Hartnell. I mean, I think if you, you you can tell that that is of the same sort of design as the original ship that we saw in Dalek Invasion of Earth or even of the, the space of the city in the Daleks. Um, so that's fine. Very, it, It's totally appropriate that it has completely smooth floor. I love that. And there's a big open space that they can all move around. That's fine. The, the problem is I think the way that the scene is lit makes it look more toy-like than it those um, models actually are. Because if you look in the Doctor Who Confidential, where it's a totally different lighting scheme, they're not really trying for great lighting, um, the sheen is off of them, and they look fine in Doctor Who Confidential, where they're you know, practicing how to use the new ones. Um, but the, the lighting is just wrong in that scene. And I think we'll find, as we go into another episode uh, with these with a different cinematographer that they will actually look considerably better than they did this time around. But as far as the, the general Edward Thomas approach, whether I approve of what Ed Thomas did, yes, absolutely. It's fine. Um, and that's not to say I didn't like what we had before. I, I really loved what we had before, um, but there's nothing wrong with these. And I think it's a little wrong and, and perhaps not mindful of the entire history of Doctor Who to say, uh, uh, I, I don't like him. Because they, they, they are respectful of certain strands of tradition within uh, overall Doctor Who and Dalek um, franchise narrative. And I, that, that they're color-coded again, I think, is just a fabulous, fabulous idea. Um, Can I ask you another yeah. question about them? Um, did you you saw the confidential about it where... You, where Stephen Moffat said that he thought that there was like a nerve going down the stalk and mm-hmm. it was like a biological eye almost. Mm-hmm. But yet when I saw the close-up in the actual... Because I looked... The, when I saw, watched it the second time, I looked and they yeah. didn't look the same as yeah. being in the... I, I, I understand and appreciate exactly what he was trying to say and what he was trying to go for, but they didn't achieve that. Right. Which is which is sad because that is actually a fabulous idea, but in yeah, order to make nerve, that... Yeah. In order to make it work that there is an actual eye embedded within the eye stalk, uh, you'd really have to make that much more prominent, and you'd have to give it you know, audio animatronic control on the front, which is possible, um, 
But I think that you get there into the question of, well, how scary can it be before it's too scary for the kids or whatever. But as a design concept, there, there are moments where you can see what's going on. I think, I think the problem really with that whole design is that the pupil is rectangular. And so that, that, uh, that doesn't like actually... Like a lozenge shape, wasn't it? Right. Well, it's not even that. It's actually full-on rectangular. And that doesn't translate in our minds to, oh, I'm looking at, you know, the iris of the eye or whatever. Um, but still, I mean, it, it makes sense when you look at the reverse. When you look at the reverse and you look at him, oh. uh, the Dalek, talking to the doctor, yeah. um, you can see in there, oh, yeah, the iris is actually rectangular. So when I am looking at that, I am looking at a Dalek eye. And maybe that's kind of a good thing. Maybe the deal is, okay, they don't look like a human eye, but they do look like a Dalek eye. That I mean, you, you, it does parse, actually, in the episode that that is the actual eye in a better way than what was before. But mm. I think it would be scarier if it looked like a human eye or right. an animal eye, you know. Yeah. But no, that's that's good stuff. There, there were other things in the you know Ian McNeese actually was slightly disappointing. I, I have to agree with uh, I forget who said it before, but the, he was slightly disappointing in that I think there were times where he, <laughs> for my mind, was too scared. Right. Like you think you think of Churchill as being you know entirely redoubtable, um, yeah. but there were moments where he reacted. I think with a little bit too much fear for my taste. But it was a, overall a really good performance, and I, I, I certainly love the fact that you're talking here about a, a a relationship with the Doctor that pre-exists this episode. I thought that was great. The little niggles that I have, actually, there's one big niggle that I have, and I don't really quite understand it, and that's why are the Daleks, the, the Daleks that we first encounter in this episode, why are they impure? Aren't they well, aren't they straight from Davros? Therefore, they're straight from a Khaled. Therefore, no, I thought the bloke had built them, so they actually didn't have any Dalek in them, and they were basically r robotic Daleks. No, 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 aren't they? Aren't mm -hmm. these are the ones that come from Journey's End, right? No, he builds them. Yes, these Who came builds? from Journey's End. They crashed in a spaceship. They, the right, they crashed in a spaceship. Crashed through time. Right. And so, oh, right. They, so they just planted that. One that they just, yeah, right. So they've just planted that story in the ro uh, in the scientist's head that he built them. Right. 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 So, okay. So again, I think they, they come from Journey's End. They therefore come from da uh, from Davros, which you know he's a Khalid. So how are they genetically impure? I don't quite understand that. And, of course, that's what the story revolves around. So, again, we have this thing this week of, just like we had last week, of the fundamental thing at the core of the episode has a little bit of a logical flaw to it. Uh, they probably never thought that Davros been... was a true Dalek. What now? They probably thought that Davros was never a true Dalek. He was never mutated all the way. He was never mutated into a little blob like uh, true Daleks were. Okay. He was a step before. Like okay. Maybe you might not think he was Dalek enough. I guess I can buy that. Eight. It was making a clean sweep anyway. I mean, that, that w mm -hmm. the story element was more like people have said, mm -hmm. and Ian has said particularly that uh, you know he's, he's sweeping all before him, and uh, basically that was the motivation for that more than I, accuracy, maybe. Well, I suppose, but when it's when you've seen Journeys in and Stolen Earth so many times as I have. You know, it's it's ingrained in your head. You know, <laughs> Doctor, I've made new Daleks, true Daleks. And then the Doctor uh, says, these aren't like the Daleks before. Those were mad. Those were scavengers. These are true 
Daleks. And mm. so you've got that set up, and then you come to this, and all of a sudden they're not true Daleks. That's a little bit of a... Davros. Mm. Yeah. So that, for me, that's a little bit of a niggle. There were other thing, things that I would have liked to have been in the episode that weren't there. I, I really think that there should have been a mention of Rose. I mean, come on. The doctor's up there. He's looking at these barrage balloons, right? Uh, why wouldn't he have thought? Why wouldn't he have just said something, just a little something? Is like, that hanging off a bar? <laughs> nah, not, maybe not as much as that, but just, you know, this reminds me of a time I was here before, or some, just I, I was craving to have a little bit of continuity with C- Series 1 in this. Um, and that might have been too much for Moffat, which is weird because you would think with all the references that we've gotten from Moffat to his previous episodes in like the 11th hour, you would think that in this episode he would make a reference to... Or ah, to, uh, uh, hang on, hang before. on, whoa, 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 whoa. But wasn't Mark that, that the one that did tie, this? That might tie in with, of course, that Amy doesn't remember the Daleks, so we don't know whether we're in the same London that had Captain no. Jack and his spaceship part, do we? No, 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 I'm, but I'm saying the Doctor would surely find the imagery of... Um, sorry, my phone oh. just went off. The, that's all right. would surely find the imagery of... Scramble, scramble, scramble. Anyway, for me... Would, I think you would find the the imagery of being in Blitz London as evocative of a memory of Rose. I just think he yeah. it, it, it doesn't really he he doesn't know he's not in the right universe. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. We don't know at this point. But surely, just looking up there and seeing all those barrage balloons, I would think he would say a little something about having been there before, yeah. or mm-hmm. just just uh, uh, something. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't I don't mind a previous re- a reference to to like that story, but. We do not need any more references to Rose. She can go away well, forever. We didn't need to mention her by name, I suppose. It, it was, yeah. That's right. He could have called for Captain... He could have said, hey, you know, try to get Captain Jack Harkness to go up there on, on your plane. And, you know, I don't know. I just I just would have yeah. liked to... Li- just, just something somewhere, especially since the, they've been... Such, uh, the references to previous Moffat work has been rather gratuitous to this point, I think. Um, but... You know, the, the, another little thing that is niggling me is another production thing that has been actually fairly consistent throughout this entire series so far, and that is, I don't know what's up with the editors, but they seem completely unable in certain circumstances to match a, a forward shot with a reverse shot in the same scene. Um, you can see it really clearly in this episode where the uh, at the denouement where they're discussing whether they need to shut down the android or not. Um, when they're they're focused on the doctor, the doctor very clearly has his hands in his pockets. He has his hands in front of him or whatever. But when they do the reverse, looking at the android, the doctor's hand is really limply down beside him. And I mean, I understand this is minor stuff, but it's weird because it's been in every single episode. They seem completely unable at certain points to match one take with another take. And I don't know if that's because Matt Smith talks with his hands so much that there's no way of duplicating his hand gestures in different takes or what it is. But to me, and this is not something like me watching it over and over and over again. This is something that at this point I'm noticing on the first run. Of it going through, right. and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me! It it just seems like such sloppy editing, and I don't know what's going on with that. And it's that part of it is bugging me a little bit. But overall, I mean, this was such an improvement on last week. It it really did have a story that gripped me. It did have a story that made me interested. Um, yes, it, it's again a really short episode, and I'm not sure 
uh, you know, Benjamin was saying that these were going to be edited in the U.S. And I'm like, if it's running 40 minutes, I'm not sure what you need to edit for it to, right. to run in the U.S. Um, yeah, and, and I think, not, at the hour, we edited the reruns. Uh, the next two are probably short enough they won't get cut. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm thinking they are, they are running really short, and I think that that yeah. is depriving us on occasion of certain things that would actually make the episode a little bit more enjoyable. Like there was a a um, a BBC News report with Lisa, whatever his name is, um, and he was on set, and they captured some footage of Matt Smith talking that helped explain that whole tea thing. Yeah. Like really it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Why did he think that he was being offered tea before? Cuz that's not the Daleks not, as in earlier, didn't they? Uh, uh yeah, a little bit, but it's not super super clear whereas like this, there, there was this, this, like this Would you care for some tea? That would be very nice. Thank you. Right, but that's to Bracewell, that's not to the that's doctor. True, yeah. yeah, but later <laughs> later on the Dalek approaches with the tea tray. Yes, I know. And that's what he knocks off his stock. Right, yeah. And so, I mean, there is a little bit of that, that whole tea thing in the episode, but there was even more apparently shot um, according to this BBC News report. And I think because the episodes are trying – I don't know if they're trying to run the 40 minutes. I don't know what's going on. Um, well, probably but, they want to keep control. If they, if they run 45 minutes, they know that they have, they'll cut, at least if they keep them short – they can decide the cuts. Can I just stop you there for a minute? Because I want to just ask Mike. Uh, Mike, you were the one that noticed the um, the bad edits in the last week's episode. Were you aware of any of these edit jumps this time? That yeah, Darth there was. Besides what Darth mentioned, there was there was several scenes with with Amy where where I noticed she was standing differently between right. the close ups and the far sh- and the far, and the distance. Angles. She she was standing in completely different poses, and she would go back and forth and back and forth, and that was very noticeable. Yeah, it's weird. I don't understand what I never. I mean, there were times where you could occasionally find such a thing on several rewatches of of previous episodes in previous series, but this time around, it just really seems very sloppy. And I don't know what. A different director this time as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So I mean, it's, I mean, what I'm trying to say, it's not the same director who's not spotting these, unless unless there's some sort of continuity yeah. person who's supposed to spot that. Well, no, I, I mean that, that's clearly the job of the editor to to do that. Right. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be a bit blunt and ask you to uh, round up now because uh, um, we've got oh, yeah. no, just no, had a question I wanted Benjamin. to ask real quick. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt, but we keep talking about Stephen Moffat. Didn't Mark Platt? write this, so are you saying Stephen Muffet's edit you're noticing in this? Because Muffet didn't write this, this was Mark Platt. So well, it's Mark Gattis. Mark, Mark Gattis. Mark, Mark Gattis. Gattis, I mean, excuse me. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's true, but it's very clear in the confidential that they had, um, that it's it's Moffat's idea for the entire episode. It's clear that he had um, he asked him to, yeah. qu- quite a bit of conversation with uh, uh, Gatiss over it. And, I mean, at the end of the day, he's still the head writer, which means he can come in and he can add a certain amount of lines to it. We don't, we don't know, for instance, did did Gaddis really do the, the stuff at the very end? No, was I the, think that was different Moffat. Yeah. You know, or was that Moffat doing cleanup stuff? I mean, it would have been entirely possible to to put in a reference to it. And, and I would just, I, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that there was no reference to 
previous occasion in the same year, at the same time, during the same event, with another companion. I, I just like that. I mean, it's not necessarily the plot. Again, this is not going to in any way affect my rating or anything like that. But it just is nice to have continuity references. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's just so obvious because there have been so many continuity references already that why in this episode, which is you know so clearly evocative of um, Moffat's arguably most famous episode, yeah, why yeah. would why would he not call? Call for something, and especially why would they not call for Jack? I mean, yeah. maybe not probably, Rose, but oh, he would have been great in this. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's probably because Moffat just wants to distance himself completely from the Russell T Davies era, so he doesn't but want he to doesn't. Make anything from it. No, but maybe. he, do, he doesn't. Know. Though he, he that's that. No, he doesn't, and he especially doesn't want to distance him from his own episodes within the RTD era. Maybe I mean, we he got, just doesn't want to mention the characters. Yeah, maybe I pieces. I don't know. Maybe he just wants to leave those characters alone. Perhaps so the people who commissioned tor- uh, Torchwood uh, uh, won't allow them to use the name Captain Jack. You know. Well, no, that's I mean, not it. I can tell that's you that's not, not it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's not it either. I mean, but I mean, okay, fine. He didn't even have to reference the the characters themselves. He could have done anything, yeah. really. I mean, he could have just could. said. He could have even had the doctor make a, a stupid little joke that nobody got about, you know, are you my mummy? But I guess that's already been taken by the Santarn yeah. strategist yeah, or whatever. Watch out the rogue yeah. American time agents. I don't know. It just felt that this is the one place so far in the entire series where a reference to the past would have been, to a Moffat past, would have been absolutely appropriate, and it wasn't there. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> But okay, again, let's not, it has nothing to do with my rating. My rating is a, a very strong four out of five, um, and I'm very happy that the series, for me at least, has, has righted itself after uh, last week's oh, dismal be. and still zero zero from last oh. week. I'm, I'm, right. I'm still I'm happy. We're back to a four. <laughs> let me yeah, let no, me just I, ask I, you one last thing. <laughs> um, does this sound true? I am the doctor. Is Matt Smith the doctor for you now, at least? Has he established oh, he, himself in that sense? He he was never not... Well, okay. Yeah, he established himself for me in the first episode. Right. It's just in the second episode. Of, oh, what the yeah. hell was that? Yeah. And it, and it wasn't like all of it throughout, but I mean, oh, oh that was just such yeah. a, a... And it's not his fault. It's the writing writer's fault, or possibly the editor's fault, or somebody else's fault. I mean, yes, he didn't really play that scene convincingly, the anger scene convincingly, but on the other hand, he wasn't given any motivation in the script to do it. Um, But but this time, at least, here's here's what I'll give you. At least this time around, he has, for me, fully established that, yes, he can do anger, and he can do anger very well, and fear very well, as well. Right. Okay, we've got two more speakers, so let me just play... um, uh, the the last clip from this, not the trailer end, but the last clip from the actual story, and then we'll go to Robert and Benjamin. Here's me thinking we'd just be running through time, being daft and fixing stuff. But no, it's dangerous. Yep. Harry. Is that a problem? I'm still here, aren't I? <laughs> You're right about the Daleks. I'm always worried about the Daleks. It'll take time, though, won't it? I mean, there's still not many of them. They'll need a while to build themselves up. 
not that, there's something else. Something we've forgotten, or rather you have. Me? You didn't know them, maybe. You've never seen them before, and you should have done. You should. Right, I've got to, uh, the trailer M1 to play, and then of course we've got the Nick Briggs promo in later. But let's, we've not finished now, we've got Robert, then Benjamin, and if anybody else has not had a chance to speak, uh, we'll perhaps just go around the room after. So Robert, sorry for the long wait. No, that's okay. I just wanted to get some clarification on uh, on who wrote the, the story. I was Mark Gates. Apologize for getting that name wrong, the last name wrong on that. But he was the one that starred in the Lazarus experiment. Right. Yeah. I um, watching this. I just um, it felt like I just opened up a comic book and it came to life because it, it basically that's what this episode felt to me like uh, a live action comic book brought to life and and the doctor going back to um World War Two and meeting Churchill. I, I liked the actor who portrayed Churchill. Um I thought I thought he was per- pretty good in, in that role and and I thought it was interesting um when we realized um that um the scientist was mechanical. I thought he was an alien at first. Uh, he was kind of giving me that alien vibe situation but um, once we find out and um, the um, gentleman's opened up and I thought for a minute are we watching Camille from um, Chameleon from um, the King's Demons or something from the Fifth Doctor that's what I was thinking when I saw um, especially the detonation thing on the front count- counting down and I was thinking to myself okay doctor you're you're going to leave him behind, right? Well, the thing is, he is, you know, de-detonated, but what if there is a stressful time, and it seems to be a stressful situation for the mechanical scientist that he may explode later on. So, you know, I the only thing I, I, I did disagree with that, and the the whole um, revisioning of the, the new dialects, uh, I don't know, I... You know, at first, I thought the connection with the old dialects was maybe dialects in Manhattan. But then, um, when he clarified it with the um, Journey's In situation on that, then I, I understood that. But, um, yeah, this was just an okay episode for me. Um, I much rather, rather like Genesis the dialects a lot better than... than um, this episode and and now that the doctor met the dialects it seems to be a thing that the um you know the the new doctor always had to meet the dialects and so now we can move on hopefully and not have another dialect one for a while but we'll probably get one next year who knows but i i mean i was lost watching this and i, I just lost don't know in why it, you it, mean lost in it yeah well yeah not lost in a sense that enjoyment loss. Right. More of a um, amusement, befuddlement loss in this episode. And it just hard for me to, you know, just explain something like that. And, and also the um, um, the planes in space. 
this is where it just comes back to it was a comic feel for me. It, it felt like I was reading a comic book. I mean, which isn't bad, you know, to some people. You know, some people may enjoy something like that, but um, I I don't know. It's it just uh, I'm not as bad with it as Ian is, and clearly not as thrilled as Darth is with it. I'm kind of the you know in the middle situation with this, so um, I give it a three out of five. It it was okay. Thanks for that, uh, Ian. Do you want to? Uh, you, you've put a couple of things in the text. Do you want to just go through them? I mean, the last one um, sure. certainly. Yeah, um, I, was, I was trying to interject earlier when when Darth was talking about the editing and that the 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 shot of them standing watching uh, the TARDIS dematerialize. It, it was a very odd shot, and I understand it, it was showing the smoke coming from Churchill's um, cigar, but it just seemed a very odd thing to do. Like I think they were trying to be clever, but it didn't quite work. It didn't work. It didn't work at all. It almost looked like um, they were they were paused and they were showing the thing because they didn't really move and they were at an odd kind of. Well, I think he had to hold his cigar in an exact position. And also, when they showed face onto Churchill, it almost as though his cigar had gone out. There was hardly any smoke coming out. Uh, As though, actually, there was no smoke there. I don't think it was lit. I think the smoke was put in in CGI to make it look as though it it was hitting the TARDIS, and then as the TARDIS disappeared, then it was filling the space. I think it was trying to be a clever shot that didn't quite work. No. And uh, the other the, thing was about the running in, wasn't it? Yeah, the doctor saying, "Oh, it's a Type Forty. I'm running her in." It's like, yes, I understand. There's new bits. She's rebuilt herself, but I'm sorry, she's you know 900 to 1,000 years old. There's no running in. It's not a new machine. It's an old machine. You don't run in an old machine. Uh, you check out your repair work, yes, but you don't run it in. Run it in something you do to something new. Um, Unless you just wanted in, in in the text I said somewhere that mm-hmm. it's a Type 40. You probably just wanted to establish that for new viewers, maybe. But, again, right. it, it did seem a bit shoehorned in. Right. Oh, guys, and, I um, wanted to bring something out. I just remembered. Um, I wish they would just go back to um, the individual episodes. I mean, I, I don't mind. We had story arcs in the past with the Key to Time and the Guardian trilogy and and Arc in Space off. and stuff like yeah, but um, I'm I'm sorry guys, I'm tired of this bad wolf sexton situation that's going on with this season. I I wish they would go back. Hopefully next season they'll go back to an individual type episodes instead of these story arc things because. <laughs> well, they certainly started it very early on, but uh, I yeah. suppose they may have that changed the order <laughs> they were in. They'll never do that. You can wish all you want. It won't work. It's not the way modern stellar terror is done. People will be bored with it. Season yeah. had to have a climax, ju- and so you could have a build-up to the climax. And the, the casual viewer is going to want to follow a story and follow these characters. You've got to have a thing called character development, and you can only do that with if you're following a story. You know, you can't do that. That's what I just don't like about Classic Who. There's no character development. But I love about the new Who. Um, one of the other, a couple anyway. of the other things I wanted to put in there was yeah. um, uh, I didn't like the the Spitfires in space, as I said before we opened the show. Um, completely unbelievable, uh, and I mean, and the fact that 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 in storytelling time he retro he fitted the Spitfires out um, with all this technology in a matter of probably about ten minutes. 
um, which is completely unbelievable, uh, considering he hadn't had the idea to do it when they came to talk to him. Well, I, perhaps I could do something. So they're basically saying that in a space of 10 minutes, they went and fitted out all these Spitfires and taught these pilots to basically fly up into space. It's like, mm, I'm sorry, it just... Yeah, I mean, there's a comic book element. Yes, yeah, that's where the comic book. Yeah, it's all comic book. Um, There's no logic to that at all. Oh yeah, we'll just bung this in here. Get in there and fly up. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen in in the real world. Um, And and the thing that gets it really gets it for me is that uh, it jarred with Liam. He's ten, (laughs) and if (laughs) if a ten year old goes, huh, then you failed. But anyway, yeah. there's I more mean, people to you come. Can't get, you can't get his microphone working in 10 minutes. Never mind getting yeah. a spaceship with a spaceship <laughs> with a bubble around it flying, flying in space. Yes. Where's that hmm. scientist when he needs him? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, the doctor let him go. Yeah. Piece of massive alien tech wandering around the countryside. Good job with a bomb, nonetheless. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, right, let's get to Benjamin, because yeah. we're near, well, we're at one and a half hours. Uh, yeah. Sorry for the long wait, Benjamin. I, I tried to re- reverse the order from last week a little bit. That's okay. So, let's see. So, just like the black and white era and the Cushing Louise, the Daleks have colors. So, I, sh- I saw five colors. I'll give my review in Dalek colors. I give it four Dalek colors out of five. I found the yellow uh, paint a bit unconvincing. So, I thought it was a good story overall. The am I still connected? Yep. Yeah. Listening. Okay. Good story every word. <laughs> yep. It it's Mark Gaddis, the first new adventure author I I read. So I've followed his work through the '90s, and his Unquiet Dead was the episode that really convinced me that Doctor Who was fully back. And then he did the Idiot's Lantern, which I thought was terrible. So I've had a mixed review of his television stories. And this one was not quite Unquiet Dead, but certainly it felt much more like a Doctor Who story. I think with the story arc, I get the feeling the story arc is going to play out relatively quickly and that we're not going to be getting to episode 12 wondering what the crack is and why is history different. I, I get the feeling things are going to happen a lot quicker. I don't know how close. I don't know how trailers count as spoilers, but there's a certain guest star in the next two-parter, and I don't mean the monster who we've met before. And I get the feeling that something seems to have gone wrong with history, and it's happening all over the place, and that's why memories are wrong. That's why it doesn't seem implausible that Churchill has got planes flying into space, which we don't know about today from history. Uh, I get the feeling something's going to happen, possibly fatal, to that guest star in the upcoming two-parter. Because if that guest star dies now, then the doctor's going to know that something is really wrong, and he's going to have a really big clue to what's going on. So here's my prediction. The person who I dare not name right now for spoiler purposes will die in the two-parter. Heard it here first, my prediction. Also, if you've read the description for Episode 7, which I'm not going to get out here, the Episode 7 would make a lot of sense if someone 
had not met the doctor or had not traveled with the doctor. And normally with Doctor Who and with other shows, a storyline like that is something you do for someone getting stuck in an alternate timeline. But if we're in the alternate timeline, that episode could be showing us events in the real timeline. And you could have fun with that, too, as the Doctor gets a sense of how wrong things are by seeing what was actually supposed to happen. Well, that's possible, so I, I the way think, things are going. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that by the time the next two-parter is done, we're going to be much further along, and then Victory of the Daleks will make more sense, and Beast Below will make more sense. I, I get the feeling that we're on the verge of a rather crazy adventure. And right. even... I'd be really interested to see if some people, if we wind up in some cases with two versions of a certain character or certain characters. Because presumably, everything has to get fixed in the end. And yet, Doctor Who's not ending, and they're not going to write off a season. We're not going to get Doctor Who Dallas. Uh, oh, you're not going to have shower. David Tennant in a shower. But oh. um, I think you could have a case Mama, where someone... No shower. I think you could have someone in the alternate timeline winding up back in the real timeline while the pers- the real version could be around also and having to avoid meeting each other. So I, I think we could be in for some fun down the road with this. So I- I'm looking forward to this. Racing? We also have uh, uh, four, four colors out of five. Also, right. just for fun, we had a Doctor Who premiere party in Northern Virginia. We had a premiere party in Northern VA, five people. We all called in the Podshock, so hopefully you'll hear that on a future Podshock. And we all had a great time with it. And a couple of people who had been real skeptics in the last five years saw the 11th hour and are much more hopeful for Doctor Who. Okay. Right. Uh, right. Well, uh, just let me uh, say that we've just had one in text, one rating in text. That's Eternal Dalek, who was... Uh, um, Prisoner Zero last week. Thank you for that. And it is put four out of five. Um, what I thought I'd do, Ian, before we go and ask everybody for their last thoughts, I right. thought, since we've got the Nick Briggs promo to play us out, I'll mm-hmm. play the trailer uh, bit of the show. Now, if anybody wants to comment on this and we go around the room, speculation's fine, but if there's something you know as a spoiler, please don't add it in. Uh, if you if If you listen to this and want to Make a speculation fine, but don't put anything you know to be a spoiler if you don't mind. So I'll play this in, and then perhaps you want to take us round the room after it. Okie dokie. River. Follow that ship. What do you know of the Weeping Angels? But it's just a statue. Until you turn your back. Stone angel amongst stone statues. Perfect hiding place. We're all in terrible danger. Keep looking. It can't move if you're looking. Don't blink, Amy. Don't even blink. The time will be upon us. The time of angels. Okay, Ian. 
Alrighty, Liam, you can't talk, you don't have audio. <laughs> My son says he didn't get his turn. He doesn't and, uh, have audio Tim, today. Tim so. is still muted, by the way. I don't know if Tim will want it. Oh, no, he's, he's not. Muted. He's unmuted. Oh, no, he's not. He's there. He's there. He's there. Alrighty. Well, that kind of wraps it up for us. Um, of course, we are gonna, uh, we're all going to scurry off and eat and do various things around our houses and be back in time on the internet for Ooh. Doctor Who Podchuck Live. And the ID for that, by the way, is 23358, 5pm, Eastern Daylight Time. Okay. All right. So, um, closing thoughts, and we'll go around the room for that. Tim Jury. Um, well, on the whole, my favourite episode since the 11th hour. Yep. All righty. Uh, Rylan. Hey, I, I still give it a four out of five. Uh, Dalek screeches. But, uh... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I, 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 I like to sort of romp around in the... Even though, it's, you know, people like to, as I said, mentioned chat, you know, did die in this episode, which I know is kind of neat, but uh, in the last two, it just seems like nobody died, so... <laughs> um, right. It was, it was kind of refreshing to see that the Daleks roll. I mean, Daleks killed the pilot, but uh, I, liked, I, I, I actually liked, enjoyed the episode. People people died in this episode because Moffat didn't write it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it Aww. is. Unless yeah. someone dies in a Moffat episode, it's still everyone lives. <laughs> All right, that mentioned Romana. Closing thoughts. Um, exterminate the rainbow. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I still enjoy it. It, it. it was a good one. Um, that's pretty much it, really. Woo, Daleks. Okay. Woo, three Daleks. And Mr. Randalthor. Well, I'm looking forward to the first part of next week's uh, story. I'm, I can't wait to see the, the Weeping Angels return. Reverse off. <laughs> that guest that was referred to. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. So, roll on next week. Alrighty. Mr. Dar Skeptical. Well, clearly an encouraging improvement on the season so far. But, I do wonder how it places in the... Uh, Pantheon of Dalek stories. The yeah. worst. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 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 No. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> and now, uh, while, sorry, sorry, sorry. While, yeah? while you're there, though, um, <laughs> how would you how would you rate it against Evolution of the Daleks? Uh, I just don't like this story at all. It's so Evolution's better. I think anything's better. I mean, I I think Fairhair was probably on a par oh. with this. No, well, I thought this was an awful story. I didn't care about anybody I in the story. Fair. Actually, the only I one agree. I cared about in this story was um, was uh, Bill Patterson's character, and he was an android for crying out loud. He was the only person I cared anything about. The girl who lost her uh, boyfriend, you didn't care a dang about her. Uh, there was no emotional attachment to anybody in that, including Churchill. It was ridiculous. Um, these comic book uh, spitfires flying through space. It was all... No, I won't that say that. Biggest, that's a, that's that a rude word. Stretch. That's just... Yeah, yeah. We can, we can get spitfires up into space in ten minutes. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I bet that microphones with the technology. Yeah. And then and then and then Churchill says, "Can we keep all this technology?" No, no, you can't. But I'll leave this android roaming around. <sighs> there was just somebody. It was hinted that the Doctor could come back if he wanted to. Yeah, there's just so many problems with this episode that it just. I mean, I I kind of feel like you did with with last week's stars. Yeah. There was just too much to ignore. Um, but I mean, Matt, I still love Matt's fine. Amy, I could care less who the companion is at the moment, because, you know, it's Doctor Who. Um, I just think she's a companion, and that's it. But, uh, really? Even yeah. She's wow. a hot companion? No, she's not even that hot. Yeah, kidding, right? Oh, no, no. Me and Ramona are going to have to give you a stern talking to. Well, yeah. Ramona can give me it. Yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I... I, I I don't really care, actually. I, I, I think it would be better if it was uh, little Amelia from the garden that was the companion. Well, yeah. I kind of, yeah, I kind of agree with you there, in a way. I mean, she was fabulous. But yeah. I, I did think she was way better this week than she has been. I really enjoyed her particularly in this episode. I mean, yeah. that was the, 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 I mean the, the, the one part that stood out was with that little scene with, of course, Bill Patterson, because he's fabulous. And the the element of of uh, emotion that she decided to pick. I mean, it's true. It's very true. I I associated with that with because death is one thing, but love is you know way out there. Um, but the whole fact that that making him feel human made the bomb diffuse. That's just bad engineering on the Daleks' part. Well, let's put this emotion chip in there, and, and if he gets really really emotional, it'll stop the bomb. Do you think that's bad? No, shove it in there. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean... No, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because, I mean, I, I, I quite agree. There are a number of logical issues with this episode, but I didn't care so much because overall the, there was at least conflict. There was at least... I mean, when you look at the entire body of the episode and not just the niggling points. At least it basically made sense. Whereas last week, I just felt like the, the core of the episode was flawed. And so yeah, it just exaggerated the, the problems of all the rest of the stuff. It was the elephant in the room for you, wasn't it? Or the beast below. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yes. All right, now that yep. we've done that. Benjamin! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry? Conflict has been made. <laughs> just two final thoughts. One, um, it's a traditional science fiction uh, trope that Doctor Who and others have used for androids to be convinced to sacrifice themselves heroically to save lives. From Terminator 2 to the King's Demons to Barakafalata. This is the first time I can recall where an android was convinced to live in order to save lives. That's thought number one. Can anyone think of another case where an android has been convinced to live, and by living his life, save the world? How about Chameleon? Chameleon was convinced to die. Yeah. (laughs) Convincing someone to live to save the world. So that's the first thought. Second thought is... C-3PO. C-3PO, when was that? Well, how about he's, he's always he's always being encouraged to be more adventurous, to do more than he thinks that he can do. Ah, and 
the other thought is, if we're not in our proper timeline, then our Daleks are probably safe and sound in the proper timeline. So whether or not these new Daleks manage to survive and get into our proper timeline, uh, the old Daleks will probably still be there next series. No. So our old no. Daleks are probably not No. Moffat no. is intent on wiping the slate clean and redesigning everything in Doctor Who. No, besides which, these are the these are the only Daleks that there are anywhere in all of reality. Just like in Dalek and in Parting of the Ways, uh, I get the feeling that the Dalek communication systems are not as good as they ought to be. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that they're. I don't think that they're safe. I, th- I think that we are looking at the only survivors of Journey's End. If they're not the only survivors of Journey's End, it doesn't make any sense. Nothing about it makes sense. I think we will find out eventually with this whole thing that how the ring but them. That will probably link into this way eventually. But plus, if this all gets wiped out by fixing the timeline, then this might never have happened. True. Yeah. We have a time I'm yep, wibbly wobbly, timey <laughs> wimey. Alrighty, well, that about wraps it up. Uh, Dave, any last comment? Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, nobody else in the chat, although there are plenty of people there, and thank you to all those extra guests. We've had about 40-odd, nearly 50 people in the room, so thank you very much, and thank you for downloading it. Uh, just one thing, that if you have friends that are in the States or in Australia who have only just now got to seeing the very first episode of the Matt Smith era. Of course, remember, they can go to our back catalogue and catch uh, the stories that they weren't able to listen to before. So, with that, um, one last shout-out for uh, Doctor Who Podshock at 5pm at yep. 23358. Ian, are you playing your little clip uh, when you... Yes. Free okay, I'm done. Alrighty. Uh, that's it. Yeah, well, Thank speaking, you. Of, speaking of Daleks and all things Doctor Who, we've got a little promo from the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. You can all say goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye, 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 uh, goodbye. Goodbye, bye. Goodbye, bye. Bye, bye. Bye. Hello everyone, this is Stephen Chapansky speaking to you on behalf of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance, or as I like to call it, the Doctor Who Alliance of Podcasts, because then I can call it DWAP. Uh, I'm here to tell you about another Doctor Who signing at uh, Waterston's Lakeside in Turek in England um, on Saturday, April the 24th, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. The special guest this time around, Nicholas Briggs, voice of the Daleks, Cybermen, oh, the Jadoon, plenty of other voices. Oh, I think he's a, he's a nesting consciousness as well, yes. Um, he will be there signing uh, copies of his, uh, his uh, the big finish disc, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes and the Ripper, um, of which, of course, he plays Sherlock Holmes. As well, uh, he'll probably be signing some of his other uh, Dalek um, CDs that Big Finish has put out. Um, he'll also have his ring modulator there, so you can hear 
the sound of the Daleks live and in person. Uh, Nicholas Briggs is a fantastic guy. Uh, we talked to him at Gallifrey uh, as part of our uh, coverage on Radio Free Scarl there, and he is just a wonderful chap. So um, you uh, you do very well to go along and, and meet Mr. Briggs and 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 chat with him about many different things. The Doctor Who uh, Doctor Who Alliance of Podcasts. Yeah, I'm still saying it. Uh, they'll be there. They'll be there recording a podcast, just as they were at the recent Colin Baker signing. Um, so that podcast will be out and about for any other uh, member of the DWAP. Um, I think there's about 53 of them now, right? Uh, to, to be, uh, you know, to download on their feeds, or it's, it's open to everyone. It would be great. I think Tony Galshon from The Flashing Blade will be there. I think uh, uh, Adam Purcell of Staggering Stories, and perhaps many, many more. I won't be, of course, because I'm in Canada, you see. It's a bit of a commute. So, But uh, you can be. Again, that's Waterstones, Lakeside, and Turek. Saturday, April 24, 2010, between 11 and 1. Meet Nicholas Briggs. So thank you on behalf of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. <laughs> Right. Before I get out of here, I just wanted to make one more small announcement uh, for those of you who have been staying tuned. Uh, you will know that we put up a uh, remastered version of uh, episode 21. Unfortunately, we remastered it so much that uh, it wouldn't fit on TalkShoe. So we put up what we could, and uh, maybe at some later date we will uh, find somewhere to put the fully remastered version for you all to enjoy. Goodbye, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.